Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This is going to be episode 47. I have a very, very special guest, Ray Markarian from Bleacher Reports. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, Steven? I'm chilling, man. Thank you for uh, doing my podcast. For sure. Thank you for having me. I got your pizza. I got some beers. I got water. I got your the new uh, mic drop from Bethel Duran and Bear Doug Light's Grand Tart Mangles, man. I got you all ready yeah. for beers, man. You, you got to be all relaxed right now, man. Well, yeah, man. It's yeah. like, hey, you mean how often you come to Long Beach? Um, honestly, I don't come here very often. The only time I do is for uh, the airport. Yeah. So when I used to live in the Bay Area, I used to fly to Long Beach to go see my brother who lives in Orange County. Okay. Yeah. How's he doing? He's good, man. He's good. Uh, he's got three kids. Um, lives in San Clemente. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a brewery out there called Pizza Port Brewery. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't... I don't even I haven't been there for years, but yeah, it's a nice it's a nice little town. Yeah, it's man, nice. it's really nice, really cozy, man. It made me fall in love with that way. For us, yeah, because uh, I like I said, I grew up. I don't know if I said this, but I grew up in the Bay Area and um, was born in L.A. But we moved when I was like five years old to Modesto, and um, we used to always come down here because we had family out here, you mm-hmm. know. And then when my brother moved, I used to go to San Clemente very often last year, and. I don't love it, man. You know? Now you now you love it here. Now you stuck here now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's. I mean, we, we're like uh, people don't know. Like me and Ray, uh, we knew each other back in the day when we went to high school at Bayer High School. Mm-hmm. But that was only for one year. Right, uh, you, Bayer High School. You left your freshman our freshman year. My right? freshman year, bad terms. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. Yeah, we can't talk about it, but we left on bad terms. Well, <laughs> Bayer, but. Uh, yeah, um, I think after that, I, I was moving back and forth with my mom and dad. My dad used to live in Lakewood in Long Beach, and my mom lived in Modesto. So we used to move back and forth and everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of like Modesto, but for me now, it's just I'll just be there just to visit because mm-hmm. I don't want to be stuck there. Mm-hmm. Not to give like Modesto a bad name, but it, pretty much in a way, it's, just, it's getting more worser and worser. Yeah, and you know, man, we grew up kind of rough too, man out uh-huh. there i mean yeah. it was we just thought it was normal you oh. know oh yeah you to go to school and oh be fights yeah. every, like every other day or e- whatever it may be everything like over there like we go to like by cf brown by sylvan yep. i mean you go to by buyer by behind i mean you go to like by empire you know like people don't know by johansson there's a lot of bad areas don't, don't forget about prescott estates prescott estates we don't no one knows about that they west all, side west side oh by paradise yeah. right Oh, you have no business over there at night. Uh-uh. Over there at Modesto High on the west side, you're looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Once you get, once you go, as it was at Ninth Street. Yep. Yeah, you go past that, which is Modesto Wealth. You're into the bad area. Oh now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember back in the day, uh, downtown was a good was a place to be. Now no one goes there no more. Mm. The, the downtown is all because uh, true. the recession hit really bad, and uh, now it's all like it's all drugs and everything's all it's bad. Yeah, I mean, like, look, like you said, I don't want to talk. It's where we grew up. Yeah. Like, I, I think there's a special place in my heart for Modesto. Oh, yeah. And uh, you see old friends, you go back, it's cool, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But we we do know there was a struggle there. Yeah. And, yeah. like, getting out of there was even more of a struggle. It's, it's hard. Because yeah, yeah. once you're stuck in Modesto, it's hard. So, like, you know, like, you are telling me, like, you had to get out. I had to get out. Yeah. And it was just better off, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. But to reflect and look back, I mean, it was the best for us, you know. For sure. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure, man. And what, what city did you move to the area? So, I, uh, we moved to Modesto when I was, like, 19, like, in the late 80s. And then 
We moved to Ripon, like early 2000s. Ripon. Ripon, yeah. <laughs> Ripon was nice, dude. Nice area. Oh, Ripon's cool. Wait, Ripon High? Oh, this is like when you're after... After high school. Okay. My early 20s, like maybe 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we moved to Ripon. And, uh, you know, we had a cool house out there. Three bedroom, two bath. You know, it was how, better than what we had in Modesto. How much for a month? How much a month? Man, I can't remember, man. I, was, I can't remember. It's cheap we, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I moved to the Bay... Uh, like 2008. Uh-huh. Yeah. After uh, I had a job in Tracy, I was telling you about it. I used to be a teacher. Yeah. Tracy High? Uh, no, it's a place called Tracy Learning Center. Millennium High School was a char- it was a charter school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just moved there mm-hmm. after, like, you know, ending my teaching career. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to college at Stanislaus State in Turlock. Oh, so, yeah. what, so what I wanted to do, man, um, in high school, I wanted to be a history teacher. Yeah. So I uh, thought to myself, like, man, it's going to be the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to finish school and then, you know, become a, go to college to become a teacher, like, study history and then get my credentials and just teach high school for the rest of my life, right? Uh-huh. Work nine months out of the year. Yeah. Thinking I got the game on lockdown. Everyone else was working 12 months a year, mm-hmm. right? So then um, I did that. Got my degree in history. I started getting into the credential program, started substituting for, like, a year and a half. And then uh, I got a full-time job in Tracy as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I did that for about a year. But you were still living in Ripon? I was still living so in Ripon. So the commuting's a bitch. Yeah, it was, it was like 30 minutes or so. Oh, yes, he's about right. It was a lot for us at the time. So you would take the Manteca Road going to over the path? Yep. Yeah. 120 to 205? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I took the first exit in Tracy. And uh, while I was teaching, we had a, we had a class called uh, CORE. Or something, right? It was something like where the, the kids would come in once a week. And you could teach them about anything you want, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I had a boxing class. So a boxing club, I'm sorry. So what I would do is like, my, my slogan was, there's no fighting in this club. All you do is watch boxing. So people would come in every week and watch old school fights, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, Mike Tyson against Michael Spinks. Uh, Floyd Mayweather against Ricky Hatton. I talk about him during the during this like you know the telecast or whatever. I had this like, big old projection screen, De La Hoya, like you name it, bro. Like I'll show like old school fights. Uh-huh. And then um, during like before the club, I'd, I'd put posters all over school. Like hey, this is the fight that they're going to show at the boxing club this week. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, kids loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like kind of like. Well, I was I, I was teaching and I was writing on the side, and uh, that was kind of like a thing that I did to try to help people learn about boxing, kids learn about boxing. Because at the time, I felt like um, it was so hard to be a boxing fan if you were a kid, mm-hmm. because if you wanted to watch boxing, you had to get pay per view, right? Yeah. And then in order to get pay per view, your parents have to like boxing because they have to pay for it. Yeah, it's like you know what, what I mean? 70, 80 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was my way of like giving back to mm-hmm. the sport. Um, I kind of got sidetracked, but going back to your question, um, I moved to the Bay Area because I got uh, I got laid off as a teacher, mm-hmm. and it was like 2008, 2009, something like that. And I remember um, some of the kids or some of the other teachers that got laid off were kind of sticking around trying to get jobs, and then I spoke with the HR lady um, at the school, and she was like, "Don't stick around. Like you're better than this. Like go." get out of here you know mm-hmm. I kind of had that in my mind but when she told me that I was like you're right like I'm out mm-hmm. and then I just moved on wow yeah dang dude it's yeah. like when I when I when I heard the recession hit it hit really bad in NorCal it was really really bad mm-hmm. it was bad and people were 
you know, getting laid off. There's not that much jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are just being thinking about themselves. Like, I, I got to worry about me, you know. I don't know how it was in the barrier. You know, there's more jobs, you know, because all, I mean, all the Silicon Valley, like, you know, Google, Facebook, they're all popping up. But it was just, it was a big, it was a big hit. Oh, yeah. You know, and everything. I was like, well, what are we going to do? Then I got laid off, you know, with my, you know, because they're cutting, you know, laying people off. You know, I was like, fuck, I never seen that before. You know, when the, when the stocks went down in New York, that just deficit it just killed the whole the whole the economy in the united states real estate um, was bad oh yes gas prices were up fuck everywhere the food was going up mm-hmm. you know like no one could pay the mortgages you know mm-hmm. there was you know people just living there just whatever they kick us out they kick us out you know mm-hmm. cops i felt bad you know you know even that um movie uh with michael moore you know capitalism Oh, yeah. That was that was a scary thing to buy a house, and I remember my dad was pushing me to buy a house, and luckily I didn't because I would have been stuck. Yeah, you know, I just it's man, dude. I'm just glad that recession's done, man. I'm glad. For sure, man. I mean, you know what, man? To me, I mean, that was like a blessing in disguise at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I left, mm-hmm. uh, you know, recession or not, like it was. We were, I think we were at a point in our life where we could have made mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to take that risk, and then I told myself like. The worst thing that could happen to me is I could end end up back where I'm at. You know, I could end up doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So I just took the risk. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it was good for me, man. Yeah, you just got to do what you got to do. Like I'm, like to me, I'm taking a risk of uh, doing this podcast. You know, I didn't, right. I wasn't expecting to do a podcast. You know, uh-huh. like actually, I actually did this podcast. I messed up when I first started, and it was pushing out. And I only did like 30 minutes of it. All of a sudden, like for a month, people were telling me, hey, when's the next episode? Like, huh? What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, when's the next episode? And it was like a rough one. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh. Then the numbers are rising. But in the beginning, when I did the podcast, I don't know what I was talking about. I was just putting shit out. It was rough. And now that when I listen to more podcasts and now I have segments, how I want it to be, you have a format, how you want the podcast. It just, it's simple. You mm-hmm. just got to find your way and stuff like that. How you you know? And I wasn't talking right. I was repeating myself. Huh. Um, I had I had a stuttering problem. Huh. I have a very stuttering big time, and I try to you know calm myself down and everything. And it got better and better as like you know the episode was going. And you know I, I like to be a perfectionist. You know mm-hmm. like if the audience says hey what am I doing wrong, you know and everything because other podcasters you will say oh you're doing this you're doing that like kind of like mean way. But I want to hear the people. It's like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, well, you should do it this. Or you should do it that. So I'm hearing the people out. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, I mean, podcasters, they have their own way. But I want to hear the podcast listeners, what you think of mine. If I'm doing this way, I'll do it this way. And for like two weeks, I was studying and I was going through everything. And it was getting better and better. I was going, getting more guesses on because doing podcasts solo is a bitch. It's hard, huh? It's talking to yourself. You look at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I was I wasn't writing stuff down. It was just on top of my head. Right. And I would look, I would hear, and I would go back, and I was repeating myself like six or seven times. Wow. Of the same answer. Man, I could. That'd be hard to do a solo. You yeah. gotta talk to somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started doing like episodes where having guesses on. Then I told everyone like on January first, I'm gonna blow up the podcast, and I started getting heavy hitters. I'm, um, hip hoppers, um, activists, you know, artists, po- other podcasters, you know, like uh, comedians, like, 
you're like my first uh, person, you know, a reporter to have on mm-hmm. talking about some finally some fucking UFC and sports, you know, <laughs> and some boxing. But uh, yeah, so I want to have a little mixtures of everything cool, man. and all that. So, yeah, other than that. Yeah. So um, what city in the Bay did you move to? So I moved from Tracy to Mountain View. Mm-hmm. You know, I scattered around a lot in the Bay, man. I lived in Mountain View for a little bit. I lived in San Francisco for a little bit. I used to live in Union City back for like a couple months. Nice. A couple months. I think that was about it. It was for a couple months. I went to Logan High. Okay. Just for a month or two. The things didn't work out. Then I moved with my dad. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to um, San Jose. I lived in San Jose for like six years. That was crazy out there. Man, I lived in a cool area there, man. I lived right by Santana Row. I'd walk to Santana Row. Like, I, even when I had my dog for a little bit, I'd walk him there. Just work there sometimes on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And then um, go to Campbell. Campbell's really nice, you know? Mm-hmm. What's, where's Watsonville at? Watsonville? Yeah. Watsonville South. It's, um, it's like by, I think it's south by Morgan Hill. Mm-hmm. Could oh, be wrong. Right, like Morgan Hill, yeah. Because those are those little cities like Gilroy, Gonzalez. That area. Oh, like Salinas and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's like south going towards. Uh, like Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz and... Uh, no, going, going towards Monterey. So is San Jose... Is it by the beach or further from the beach? It's it's like... It's further... It's about 40 minutes from the beach. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought San Jose was close. Nah. It's yeah. about 35 minutes from Santa Cruz on, a, on a you know, good traffic And day. Santa Clarita? Santa Clarita, about 45 hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always remember Santa Clarita and Santa Cruz when you think about that movie, The Lost Boys. Yeah, man. I thought Santa Clarita was down here. No, San- oh, that's it. That, yeah, there's two of them. Santa Clara, I mean. Yeah, oh, Santa Clara's really yeah, close to Santa Clara. that's what I mean, Santa Clara. Yeah, but you're thinking of Santa Clarita from the oh, Lost Boys yeah. was sick, man. Yeah, movie. San- I was like, Santa Clara is like, okay. Dude, yeah. I remember because I think about Santa Clara, I think about Steve Nash. Okay. He went to Santa Clara yeah, University. Yeah. And that's what I think of or the movie The Lost Boys and stuff like that. Yeah, like Lost Boys, like I said, it's in uh, SoCal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Santa Clarita is by like, I think it's by like Magic Mountain and all right. that stuff. I was like, it's nothing out there. Yeah. Fuck, dude. But that movie's sick. I know. It's one of my favorites. Was there a lot, was there like uh, the, fi- the fights? Uh, I heard like San Jose has, is like a fighting city. Yeah, it's a good question, man. When I uh, when I moved there, there was a, there was fights a lot at where the Sharks play, the Sharks tank. Yeah, yeah, downtown. Yeah, Andre Ward had, you know, headlined over there. Robert Guerrero would headline over there. Robert Guerrero. Yeah, um, I met Angela Dundee, you know that is? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Ali's uh, trainer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I had a really cool relationship with that guy. Really? Man. Yeah, I met him at a, at an event. It was like either Guerrero or Andre Ward were headlining, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And he was signing autographs, and then... I go up to him. I was like, hey, man, I'll ask you a question. I write for sweetscience.com or something like that. And then one of his managers, like, backed me up. He's like, no, don't ask him anything. And then, like, he punked his manager. And he was like, no, 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 go ahead and ask me. And then I asked him something about uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. I was like, hey, who really won that fight? And he's like, man, he goes, my guy won the fight. He had his hand raised at the end. I was like, yeah, you're right. And he's like, look, I'll tell you what, I got to go. He's like, here's my number. Call me anytime. Boom. Next thing you know, for, like, two years, dude, I have, like, Documents like recorded conversations with me and Angelo Dundee talking about everything, man. It was like everything from Muhammad Ali to like Sugar Ray Leonard to George Foreman, like you name it. Mm-hmm. Like, all his classic stuff. He sent me autographed gloves, autographed books. Yeah, a lot of, of R.I.P. Man, he yeah. was he was one of those man. He was a good trainer, you know. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. who else did he train? 
He trained Muhammad Ali. He trained uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. He mm-hmm. trained George Foreman. He trained... Uh, George Foreman when he was his comeback? Yeah, his comeback. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Is that the one he was there when he knocked out uh, Michael Moore? He was there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. And he was there for Holyfield, the Holyfield fight, George Foreman, Holyfield. George Foreman, oh, wow. Yeah. Was he there when he... Uh, was he... Oh, okay, yeah. George Foreman, okay, I remember, okay. I was like thinking of Vander, who was like, I didn't know he trained. Well, that was Emmanuel Stewart, wasn't it? Emmanuel Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I was watching uh, that Dirty for 30, uh, 42 and 1. Oh, yeah. That was a good documentary yeah, with man. Buster Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no one knew, no one knew uh-huh. he was going to win. No. And he was, they were saying, talking about him, that he was lazy, that mm-hmm. he had them as dad and his mom mentality where it's like, you know, and I think... He just like I'm gonna do it, you know. I think his mom died of a heart attack. I think something like three weeks before yeah. or something. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dedicate this this fight to my mom, and you know, shock the world. Mm-hmm. And the the sad thing about it after he won that it was kind of like short lived because you know he had to fight Evander and knocked him out. Well, you know what happened with that man is, uh, do you remember during the fight round eight when Tyson knocks him down? Mm-hmm. They said it was like a long count. Yeah. So. um Right immediately after the fight, Don King was like, hey, man, Tyson really won this fight. We're going to protest the decision. I remember that. Yeah. So then for months, they were protesting this decision, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were also talking about a rematch with Buster Douglas. Like, they're straight going to court protesting this stuff. And Donald Trump was in the plane with Don King from Tokyo to America planning the rematch already. Like, hey, we're going to fight here, Atlantic City, blah, blah, blah. This guy didn't really win. Whatever. And then two or three months after the, you know, the fight, they ended up settling the case and Douglas wasn't really training anymore. And he ended up fighting Holyfield next instead of Tyson. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Right. But I think Douglas just kind of got like caught up with all this other stuff as opposed to focusing on boxing. You know, that kind of screwed him over. I think what happened, he wasn't like, well, like if Tyson did it, he was all busy with going here going there and he wasn't maybe not used to the limelight was, right and it just got him going on Johnny Carson and this and all and he I heard he was like had a, he ate too much that's what I heard he too. was he was had a lazy mind or something like that Dude, he even did a WWF oh he yeah, as a referee no like as a fighter oh really because uh, Tyson was supposed to be on WWF right after that fight oh yeah but Douglas ended up winning I remember that yeah that was back in the day was that Wrestlemania it was like Saturday Night Main Event. Something like that. Yeah. I remember that. Uh-huh. Man. Like, that's a, that's a lot about, like, everything with the whole, uh, with the whole bossy, but, man, I want to talk about it now, but I got to talk about, how did you uh, get started with uh, Bleacher Reports? So, I was writing um, for a company called TheSweetScience.com. Yes. And I've written for them, I was writing for them for, like, five or six years. And I did a lot of feature stories, right? A lot of... Stories about, not not about the fights, but about stories revolving fighters. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd interview referees, you know? Um, stories about their lives, as opposed to just like, boom, like this result-driven type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me. Bleacher Report reached out to me and asked me to write for them and, um, you know, send them, you know, some articles. And we did at first. It was like 2013, 2014. They were pushing boxing pretty hard. And then, um, you know, the management kind of backed off a little bit on boxing. There was kind of doing more um, home run type stories where like we, we write stories around the biggest fights you know like like Tyson Fury Wilder that just came up yeah, you yeah. know like Pacquiao Mayweather or something the Canelo Triple G 
Right. So whenever there's a big fight, um, you know, then then we'll kind of focus on the stories. Gotcha. Yeah, but you know, when I first got started, it was more about like result driven stuff. That's what I was talking about. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I got started. You know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So do you focus on? I mean, I know you focus on big fights, but what about any smaller fights? You know, like in casinos, like people, you know, uh, fighters working their way up. You know, it's a. I uh, I keep a great great eye on the sport. You know, mm-hmm. I focus on everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always, always, like, keeping my ear to the street, you know? Mm-hmm. Writing, keeping stories in my back pocket. Writing stories, you know, about anything I think is interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the best way to find out about what's going on, you yeah. know? Like, when you, um, when people call you, like, hey, man, I got this fighter, man. Go watch out for this guy, like, you know? Because I've always been hearing about Ryan Garcia's, you know, from Victorville. I was like, who's this guy? He's like another pretty boy, like Oscar De La Hoya. But man, this guy can hit. And he just had a baby. Did he? Yeah, he just had a baby. Dang. I didn't know he had a baby. It was wow. all over on Instagram. Good for him, man. Yeah, I was like, dang. I mean, I, I, his fight's coming up, I think, what? In Saturday, April? I think. Or what? In April. In April, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that fight. Um, yeah, I've been following him for a while and stuff. And... Uh, Golden Boy, you know, see what they're going on because they're um, getting these good up and coming fighters and you know working their way up and stuff, which is kind of good. Yeah, you don't want to have a, a good guy and just throw him to the pack of wolves, you know, and stuff like that. Just give him a little experience and stuff, which is kind of good. Yeah, because um, I, I'll be honest, like back in the day, boxing to me was like I didn't like it no more. I didn't like where it was going because mm-hmm. I felt like you know. There was no good up-and-coming fighters back then because, like, certain fighters were holding the vision hostage. Like, Floyd, you know, Klitschko, like, like whatever. And all the ones we remember, like, Lennox Lewis, Tyson, everyone's all retiring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we were talking about Prince Nasi, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, Barrera and stuff like that, Julio and all that. And I was like, man, who's the next breed of fighters who, who you know, who you know should you know should watch? Mm-hmm. I remember this boxer. I think it was from Arizona, Rocky Guzman. Rocky Guzman, Rocky Juarez, or Rocky some. He fought at he fought. Was it uh, Barrera? No, Rocky. Me- yeah, yeah, I remember you talking about. He was like he was undefeated. He was a good fighter. Uh huh. Rocky Guz Rocky something. Okay. Mexican guy. Uh huh. Yeah, I think Texas or Arizona, one of those two. Think, yeah, Ayala? No. No. Yeah, we have to look him up. We have to look him up. I, yeah, he fought. I don't know if it was Barrera or, or was it Pacquiao or someone. He was. I used to follow him. Rocky Roars from Texas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, fought, he fought Barrera. Yeah. He fought him close and then he, then he mm-hmm. fought Marquez. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to watch him um, when they had, used to have all the boxes on the ESPN. Uh-huh. The up and coming, like, who is this guy? He's like, well, I'm going to follow this guy. He was knocking people out. Yeah. And everything. I was like, I just followed him. And I think after that, I stopped watching boxing. Well, the thing is, man, uh, they follow, They knock out the guys they're supposed to knock out, the ones yeah. that are good, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like you said, they're coming up and they're beating dudes that they should be beating, you know. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to the highest level, like like let's say a Barrera against Morales or Triple G against Canelo, there's not that many knockouts, man. Everyone's looking for it. Everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna knock this dude out." Mm-hmm. But dude, these guys are professional fighters. They they're trained to like slip jabs and stuff like that for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, they could they could like. Slip jabs in their sleep. You know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. not going to get knocked out by one punch. Mm-hmm. They get punched all the time. They're expert fighters. 
Mm-hmm. So highest level, you rarely see like one punch destruction type knockouts. Now, who was? Do you see anyone back then? Maybe Tyson. Tyson, you know, heavyweights, you'll see it, you know, but you won't see that much in the lower classes. They're too quick. Yeah, and they're like they yeah they're too quick and they're like you know built to take punches, dude. Like 125 pound fighters. How often do you see knockouts like that? Mm-hmm. Prince Nassim maybe. Right, but he fought. He didn't fight that many good fighters to knock out. Yeah, he was, Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton. Ricky was pretty good. Until he, was he lost good. those two fights, and after that, it was that was it. Yeah, Pacquiao was cool. Pacquiao, Pacquiao. yeah, that's a. He power. was. He was. Yeah, he had power. But do you see the power now? Do you think he still can do it? Still, or is his time passed? No, I think he could still fight with against the right fighters. You know, uh, like Mayweather, the guys that don't move that much. You know, but doesn't Mayweather kind of? Older he's, yeah, but he always breaks his hand, right? I mean, that's what they say, man. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say what, what happens. What about uh, Javante Davis? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, he hasn't proven himself to me it's yet. Too hype. A lot of hype around him. Too hype. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of hype around him. There was all trying to, you know, you know Ryan Garcia's or Lemachenko. It's like, I don't know. Lemachenko, he's in a whole new ball game, man. You're not going to want to put Davis against Lemachenko, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's like a whole total different level, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh yeah, I just don't see Davis ready. Right he's not now. ready. Yeah. I feel like he's just not mature yet. He's still into that young life, like, yeah, whatever. I agree. He like what happened with Adrian Broden. Right, right, right. Broden, oh my, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That guy just went downhill. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the thing is with Broden, he had a lot of potential, man. He still does, man. He just kind of like has a lot of distractions, it seems like. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can't put it, keep it all together for some reason. Mm-hmm. But he's fought a lot of good fighters, man. Mm-hmm. What about like uh, right now in the lightweight? Is he anyone upcoming? Um, I think Devin Haney is looking pretty good. Devin Haney, Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson. Like, there's like 130 pounders, 135 pounders. Like those two guys mm-hmm. to me look good. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen Devin Haney? No, I haven't. Devin Haney. Like, if you look him up, man, he looks like a young Floyd Mayweather. Really? Yeah. Walks around Devin like him, Haney. talks like him. You know, it's Devin, cool. Devin Haney. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good fighter, man. I'm looking up. Well, I just, I was telling you earlier, I got the zone now. And I got ESPN, so now I want to watch nothing but boxing. Cool. You know, I want to listen to a lot of podcasts. I want to be like, you know, MMA, I get kind of burned out. But I want to listen, I want to watch boxing now. I just don't want to see, like, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, like, Canelo, the big fights. I want to see, like, the medium where they're mm-hmm. just working their way up until, like, okay, let's see what you got, you know? Like, I just, yeah, I want to see some up-and-coming fighters, like, mm-hmm. okay, watching him grow. Like, you see Oscar De La Hoya back then. He grew and everything. Mm-hmm. And stuff. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess Ryan Garcia is in, in that category, too, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, they're working him very slowly. They need to. He's 20 years old, man. You know, he's, he's got a target on his back. He's a very popular athlete. He's got like 2 million followers on Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. Like these young other fighters that I talked to. I was just with another boxer in his weight class last week. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, man, I would love to get that fight. I would love to hit him here and like, you know, and get, make a name up for myself off of Ryan Garcia, mm-hmm. you know? So they got to be careful with him. They just, uh, Ryan Garcia is now working with Canelo's trainer. I heard I saw that. Yeah, so that's going to help him. Yeah, because it's all Golden Boy connections like right. that. That's and, a little money boy. That's Oscar's little money right there. Him and uh, Canelo and all that. Yeah. Do you um 
I just noticed that uh, Canelo signed that. I mean, see all these big deals coming out of the zone. Anthony, Anth- uh, Triple G, Canelo, uh, Anthony Joshua. Joshua. What's up with these $400, $500 million contracts? Crazy, man. What's up with the zone? I mean, I mean, I just got it. I like it, but I think it's just, it's working little by little. So what does that tell you, man, when you get 10 fight deals for $350 million? What, is, what does that tell you? You tell me. That tells you that they want these guys to keep winning. You know what I mean? Because they know that they're going to continue to make money off of Canelo mm-hmm. if he continues to win. Mm-hmm. But let's say Canelo fights a guy that he can't beat or Canelo loses like two fights in a row. That $300 investment has gone, dude. You know? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But it's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, it's a business. You know, yeah. they understand there's a formula to continue to have certain fighters win. And have people keep on talking, oh, Canelo should fight Triple G again, right? Oh, but he's going to fight so-and-so right now. Okay, let me see how good he looks against this guy. And then let's see what he says afterwards about Triple G. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's going to go on for like five years. Like, it, like the thing is about boxing is uh, it repeats itself. Mm-hmm. So just like uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao took five years to make, um, Shigori Leonard and Marvin Hagler took like five years to make. Now, why is that? Because they can make more money finding people that they could actually beat instead of risking the fact that like, hey, man, I might lose to uh, Manny Pacquiao right now. Why should I fight Manny Pacquiao when I could fight Victor Ortiz and have a better chance of beating him and continue to make like $80 million five times instead of making $100 million once with potentially losing and then making like $10 million after that? You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm not saying they make that much, like, all the time. But, like, that's the way it is. It's like they want to keep the machine going all mm-hmm. the time. Then I felt like they're, when you have, like, you know, that incident, what's going on, I was telling you, uh, with ESPN, The Zone, mm-hmm. you know, Wilder, like, what happened? What's going on with that? Like, with Fury signed a deal with ESPN, you know, The Zone, you know, with Anthony Joshua and his fucking manager and shit. Mm-hmm. And Wilder's all fucking getting pissed off. Like, come on. I mean, he deserves it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on it's right like now. It's like a war, man. You know, it's like, uh, it's territorial. It's political, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wilder's in his position. Fury's in his position. And Joshua's in, you know, his position. So, going into the Wilder and Fury fight, if you if you look back and see what Fury was saying, he's like, man, he goes, I don't care. I'll fight anyone. That's why this fight was so easy to make. Yeah. He goes, like, I don't care about money. I have money. Um, I just want to fight, right? They ended up having a great fight. You know, it ended up being a draw, even though, you know, some people... Who do you think won? I thought Fury won. Really? Yeah, I thought Fury won. Mm, I thought it was a close fight. Dude, I actually predicted a freaking draw, bro. I knew it was going to be a draw. Should have bet it. I'm an idiot for not betting. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't... I wasn't... When... I don't know how he got up from that knockout. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how he got... I don't know how he got up. He was like... And there was obviously nothing but means on Instagram for the Undertaker get up. Oh, that's sick. I was like, what the heck? And um, I was, it was a good fight. You know, it was a good story because Fury had a good story. Great story. Oh, you know, just going through all that stuff. Gypsy, you know, mm-hmm. just. And um, I heard him on the podcast with Joe Rogan. That was mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, and Dante Wilder and all that. It was pretty good. It's a good story, but it's, yeah, I mean. I mean, I don't know who would win that fight again because now you know each other. I mean, the longer reach with uh, with Wilder, but the move, everything with you know with Fury is like Shh, that guy can move. Well, you gotta look at motivation too, you know. So 
Fury had the story to tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny thing is, I was actually in the car with Fury on the way to the Joe Rogan podcast. I was interviewing him on the way to the podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What? I swear. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice guy, huh? He's cool, man. Like, it was crazy because uh, he didn't know I was in the car at first. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to break him down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, was I was you know, set up to interview him after his workout in Santa Monica, and I was supposed to ride with him in a on a van in a van uh-huh. from Santa Monica to uh, like Woodland Hills. Or oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting behind him, and someone so like introduced me, and he was like relax, and he heard my name, and he's like dang, and then he started like getting like interview mode. So it took me a while to kind of break him down, but he was cool. Um, but that fight, man, you know, it came to a point where. He was only fighting for, like we said, uh, you know, his story and, you know, wasn't, he didn't care about money. But then after the fight, um, you know, he signed with ESPN and now it's about money. No one knew. Showtime did not know. Yeah. They were like, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. You know, because now that HBO boxing's done, mm-hmm. Showtime is like, okay, now we can get. Now it's like, okay, what do we do now with ESPN? Now with a new deal, how are they going to co- co-promote? Yeah. I, I, I mean that's I mean that's boxing, man. It's been like as like I said, it repeats itself. First it was HBO and Showtime fighting. Now it's ESPN and Fox and Showtime, and it's just territory. It's money. It's all business. Mm-hmm. Whereas in UFC or you know other, other MMA things, you know it's very uh, authoritarian. Like Danny Dana White's like, no, you're fired, or no, yeah, these guys are gonna fight, mm-hmm. and they get paid less in UFC. Yeah. So with them, you know now with them signing you know with ESPN like plus and that's gonna be like okay if you want to get this package we got Fury coming up we have Lomachenko coming up we have all these fights coming up but you mm-hmm. know now the streaming is this it's a whole new ball game now it's a whole new ball game it's cool I like it man mm-hmm. like why not okay so Joshua's with the Zone Fury's with ESPN uh, Wilder's with Showtime right oh my god well Wilder's like a free agent. Independent. Yeah. Any word? Where's he might go? I mean, he's he's his next fight's on Showtime, but like he's technically doesn't have a contract with them, so he could he's had his last like ten or twelve fights on Showtime, but mm-hmm. he could fight anywhere after this particular fight that he's gonna have. Um, so I think he's I think it's gonna be like this until at least next year. I think uh, 2020. I think okay. I'll tell you this, man. I don't know what the future holds. But the longer it takes for these guys, these three fighters to get in the ring, the better chance Anthony Joshua has to beat them. Because, in my opinion, Anthony Joshua is still kind of raw. Like he's still so young. He's still like, yeah, he, he still kind of gets like hit sometimes, you know? You think he's like, maybe like this is like kind of like mentally wearing them down mentally? Yeah. Uh, the fight? Like, come on, hurry. We're like, you know, and Anthony Joshua's let it simmer. Like, wait until like they get... Whatever. Who talks the least? You know, I feel like Joshua does. Joshua's that is like, true. He's kind of just like chilling. That is true. You know, he's kind of like at this spot where like, I'm the champ. You guys are still like, you guys say you're champs, but like, bro, like, I'm the real champ. So, I kind of look at that like as a confidence thing. And, uh, you know, I, although I think Wilder and Fury are, all three of them actually are like crazy, like amazing characters, you know? But, I feel like Wilder and Fury... Like have expel more energy to uh, be known and recognized, mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, and that can mean something. You know, isn't that weird that um, 
everyone knows Fury and Joshua, but United States, a lot of people don't know who Wilder is. I know. Isn't that weird? It's weird. With American champions. Only know Mike Tyson, but yeah, he was killing, but no one really knows Wilder. It's like, you know, that's the heavyweight champion of the world. Like, well, I don't know who he is. Because, you know, yeah, there's different bouts. Yeah. WBO, WBC, you know, IBF and all that stuff. So it's, if he, if people are going to recognize him as a champion, he has to win all those four bouts. Right. And all that to be considered the pound for pound best heavyweight. And people will know him. That could be, you know. Because, you know, now with social media, you they everyone should know who Wilder is now. Something risky, right? It's like yeah. dude knocks everyone out. Yeah. He's he has crazy. a long reach. Yeah. He, like, has exciting fights. Yeah. Did you see Luis Ortiz against Wilder? Oh, my God. What a fight, man. Oh, my God. How old is that guy anyway? I don't know, man. He's 48, 50? Yeah, you're 50. Yeah, you're 40. I don't know. Oh, my God. Dude, that was... He just has that reach that, you know, and I heard the story where... Why he went to boxing, Wilder, you know, to for his daughter, you know, mm-hmm. how to get money. Mm-hmm. Heard the story, you know, he used to be uh, a truck driver from Alabama. You know, I think was he working for Budweiser, something like that, something like that, Coke, and working 16, 17, 18 hour shifts, you know, to make money. And also, he would think drive fifty miles to to train for boxing or something like that. As the story I was like, man, that's that dedication, man. Yeah, man. I also heard that uh, he told me actually that he. Um, he didn't even know that he was that good at boxing or fighting. His friends used to tell him, like, hey, man, you should get into this. And he won a bronze. Yeah, he won a bronze. Like, I think it was like one or two years after he started. How long, how long was he doing boxing like before one, he got that? Yeah, like one year, two years. But yeah, but it's weird. He started boxing. I wonder how old was he started boxing. I don't know. He's like 33 right now. So probably like late teens. Because usually boxers fight till they're, what, six, seven, and eight. Like, yeah. you know, work their way up to the amateurs and Anthony stuff like Joshua that. Joshua started late too, man. That's a gift right there. Yeah. That's a gift. With longer reach, he hits hard. It's just like, you know. Because I always see him when he boxes, he always puts his hand out. He's trying to measure the distance of his reach. It's like, okay, boom. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. But I don't know. I can see what... I mean, there's, there's going to be, like, a lot of problems with Joshua when he fights Tyson. Because he moves around, sticks and moves, you know. You know, and Joshua has that long reach. He has that power hand. I don't know how, but a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he doesn't have much power, but when he hits you, he'll knock you down. I mean, Joshua, yeah, man, he's a stallion, man. He's a stud. I know. Yeah. And also, uh, let's talk about the cruiserweights. You're big on cruiserweights. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, with the Va- Vander was coming up now, you know, he started a cruiserweight where it's a heavyweight, and now this guy from the Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this guy is like... This guy hits hard. He was sick. He was sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he, he's just like, I don't know what, but just don't fucking smile. He looks like the guy from Dumb and Dumber yeah, with yeah. his teeth separated. But that guy, he's like, he looks crazy, man. Yeah. He has that crazy look. Uh, he does. But he hits hard. He's uh, he's going to heavyweight. Yeah. yeah he's fighting um, the guy that Joshua fought, Carlos Tano. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he busted Joshua's nose in that fight. But um, they're slowly grooming him to be you know, one of the top contenders at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And he's with Eddie Hearn's the, the zone, so probably another deal with the zone. Trying yeah. to, you know, look, I see a lot of Russian fighters now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. They're just coming up on the on the Europe, mm-hmm. like not like England, but like in like in Russia. It's like okay, they've got, got some situations over here now. They're moving up in middleweight, uh, cruiserweight a lot. You know, just trying to find that balance. So the Russians, I mean, the European fighters used to always have like a specific like stiff style. Yeah. You know? Like, you remember, like, uh, 
Pierre Kutzer, like a few other guys, like Frank Bruno. Like Frank you, Bruno. You remember Frank Bruno? Oh, yeah. He was like, so, like, super ripped. He was cut up. He's still cut up still. Yeah, but, like, he always had this, like, he was very, like, stiff, you know? He wasn't, like, mobile. So what happened was, uh, like, the European fighters started adapting, like, a more of an American style with that, like, more fundamental, like, footwork, stiff stuff. And that's why guys like Lance Lewis was one of the first ones to do that. And, and then it came to, like, moved on to, like, all the, all the way up to, like, Lomachenko. You know what I mean? Like, Triple G has that. Klitschko kind of has that. You know, he's, like, stiff, but he also has this, like, very, like, traditional, like, American type of thing, too. So weird, too. Klitschko has that weird, weird kind of boxing style. Yeah, which is, like, both of them are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one who just uh, Joshua beat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he plays that kind of, like, that grab, but kind of jab, kind of, mm-hmm. like, dirty boxing kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, Lomachenko, his footwork is, like... He can just read it. Because I know his father is saying before he do, would do some ballet, working on his footsteps and everything and all that. His father made him do that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this guy's just another level, man. It's a lifetime thing, man. But just... See, now, this is, that's the thing I like. But who would... Man, just the Russian, the Ukraine, everyone's just coming out. Just, just blow the boxing, blowing up now. It's, it's a world sport, man. You know? It's mm-hmm. a world sport. So, um, I mean, that's great that they're coming up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually uh, way more like, even though it's pop- more popular in Europe or even South America or wherever it may be, boxers make the most money in America. I noticed that. Yeah. Like even though like when they had the fight with Joshua and Klitschko, they sold it. Was it ninety five thousand people? Like ninety thousand people they didn't make that much money. Well, they sell the, they don't sell the tickets as much. Yeah. Either. So you know? that's why they come to America, go to Madison. You know. I was gonna tell you what about that fight, Joshua and the uh, the the person he's fighting. Oh, White. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamal think, White. Yeah, we yeah. think. That's a big talk. He talks a lot. Talks a lot. He used to be a kickboxer. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he fought Crow Cop. Remember Crow Cop? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he fought Crow Cop. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And K1? and Something or, like that. Or Pride? or Not Pride. Okay, so yeah. probably K1 then. Probably K1. I don't know It was that. an older Crow Cop. I saw the fight. Crow mm-hmm. Cop won. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, White talks a lot, man. Uh, it'd be a shocker to see him beat. Joshua, but it's good that Joshua's fine in America. That's another thing, though. Do people even know who Joshua is in America? Normal fans? Mm-hmm. Not really. But, like, yeah, they don't. Yeah, but um, when you think of a heavyweight champion, everyone thinks it's him, even though Fury beat Klitschko first. It's crazy, man. But, yeah, if you have the belts, like, you have to, you know, work. If you want those belts, fight the best. Right. Like, Tyson was just killing people. He was fight. He just took took over. Just fought everyone. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it that much anymore. Like Evander, Riddick, Bo. Nineties. In the nineties, but with just Klitschko, he was he was fighting all these bums, but he didn't want to lose his titles. But now Joshua, I hope he doesn't go because he used to be training partners, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is with Klitschko, he didn't. I know everyone thinks he fought bums. I mean, he didn't have anyone to fight, dude. What's Shannon Briggs? <laughs> no, let's Shannon go champ let's go he's done man I know well he was gonna fight until he got busted or some oh, I don't know what, for a year or something it's like I'm done have you seen Shannon Briggs fight recently though Mm-mm. he's not very good I mean like I think his story is awesome I love watching his videos They're great right now. but like he's not like championship level like Klitschko is right now mm-hmm. you know he was in the 90s maybe you know but not anymore um, when he not got knocked out by Ray Mercer we got knocked out by Ray Mercer. I think it was Ray Mercer who knocked him out. Dang, the, Lennox uh, Lewis Bricks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I saw the picture with you and Lennox Lewis. Oh yeah. Yeah, 
How's he? Is he cool? He's a cool dude, man. He's a cool dude. Uh, what's funny about Lennox Lewis is a uh, super nice dude. But I tried to do like one of those like face-to-face pictures with him. And he refused to do it. He's like, nah, man. He goes, I, I just think about fighting when I do that. He's uh, He was on the podcast with Joe Rogan. I heard it. Yeah. He's in, really into chest. Yep. He's like that. He has a good... Uh, he's best friends with Russell Peters. They get, they grew up together. They seem like they're pretty cool in that yeah, podcast. They, yeah, they grew up together. Uh, when I was there, I was backstage with them like before Andre Ward fight against uh, Kovalev, the first Kovalev fight. Mm-hmm. And um, it was cool like watching Lance Lewis. He's giving him Andre Ward advice because it was Ward's first fight in Vegas and it was his first pay-per-view headliner. Mm-hmm. And... It was just cool to watch them talk. Like I couldn't really tell what they were saying, but I could tell like Lennox Lewis was like, "Hey man, this is your time, pretty much." You know, um, top level dudes talk like that. It's cool. The first fight with Kovalev, that's one where Kovalev knocked him down. Was in the yeah. second or third, and after that, it's like, okay, heck with this, and he beat him. Yeah. Then the second time, he just killed him. Knocked like him out. Kovalev was just, hasn't been the same. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's every, it's like high enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard, um, how's he doing? Uh, Andre Ward. Andre Ward's good, man. He's uh, pleasantly retired. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, just yeah. He retired on top, man. He um, seems like he's good to me. You know, he's loving his ESPN gig, and he's you know takes care of his family. Um, we talk about some real estate ideas sometimes. Uh, he's to me, man. He's like the best fighter of his era. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know after the Floyd Mayweather era. You know, you know he he cleaned out everyone he had to clean out. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Why, what about Andre Ward versus Canelo? That would have been a good fight. That's funny they're talking about that now. Um, like Della Hoya was saying, yeah, yeah, he could. What if he gets Andre Ward out of retirement? He um, has to be right. Money for sure. Um, but they always talk about not not no disrespect, but like they always talk about with Andre Ward whether he doesn't really sell that much pay per views, the numbers are down mm-hmm. or something like that. They always they always say that. Well, his numbers are down. That's I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. Uh, because it's like sort of like a wilder thing too, right? It's like mm-hmm. an American fighter. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be like you're supposed to have a good story, but America doesn't really. Maybe they don't. We don't follow boxing that much, you know. That's the thing. I think like there has to be a very, very good story to you know to make the audience watch, like follow him and follow his journey. Yeah, that's what what's going on with the UFC. They don't really make stories like they used to anymore. You don't think so? so you don't know because the, the the UFC now is all watered down. So they don't know who these fighters are. What's the story? Because mm-hmm. you know how you gonna know? If, you know when you have prime time, whole story it's like oh wow. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you just need a good story. Mm-hmm. I went in boxing or in MMA mm-hmm. to us feel like okay, I want to watch this guy. When we were back back in the day, we used to watch ABC Sports. Yep. And they used to have boxing and all that, and talk about stories. I'm like that's what I like. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, it's about you know, it's about finding the right story and having the people kind of get interested in it. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it's the fighters' fault. You know, maybe it's just the way like they're, they're being presented. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's getting better, mm-hmm. but it's just not there yet. With the transition from newspaper to online now, like if you write your stuff, you know, people can see it and it can spread out more and mm-hmm. everything. You know, and everything with the, you know follow you know your Instagram and, and see all your up stuff you report, which is will be awesome. Yeah, for sure, man. But yeah. like, if you think about it, boxing is such an old school sport. Mm-hmm. Where um, newspapers were kind of built for it in a way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where like a fighter doesn't fight every day, so like they kind of like you don't need to know about everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you know, there's a league in basketball, football, baseball, 
where we know we, we follow LeBron James for like eight months, dude. You know, and then like he's so interesting, people follow him after he's he's done playing. Mm-hmm. You know, but with boxers, there's only a handful full of people. You're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch his fight, but then I want to know what he's doing, like in the next like couple of weeks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when he's just chilling, like Mayweather or something, like mm-hmm. flashing his money, which the people don't like. I people don't like that. Like that. Like yeah, that. people like fighters that act like like normal. Types of people, or that are into have interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Like De La Hoya had that, you know, had this like, like everyday guy, like, like beats people up, but like he's like a super like contagious personality, you know, that type of vibe. Mm-hmm. So, I think since him in America, it's sort of like boxing doesn't have that attraction. But the funny thing is, is uh, the way. Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao got famous is by beating De La Hoya. You know? Mm-hmm. People don't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if De La Hoya didn't... If Mayweather didn't beat De La Hoya, we wouldn't be talking about Mayweather anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like everyone... If everyone beat De La Hoya, like, okay, you're gonna... You're gonna be well known. Yeah. Because, like, the only one that caught my eye when had a good story was Bernard Hawkins. Okay. That guy was the executioner. I remember when he fought Felix Trinidad. Yeah. He grabbed the, the Puerto Rican flag and threw it, crazy. and went crazy, and the, the whole audience were grabbing him. That you see, that's that's my that's one of my I grew up with because I I used to watch him on USA Boxing mm-hmm. back in the day, and ESPN and ABC, and he was like, this guy has a good story. Discipline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And he knocked him. He knocked out uh, uh, De La Hoya. He hit him in the in the was yeah. it the. In the, the, the or something. In the in the rip or something. Yeah. Or something where he's just like, Ugh, he just hit him. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, Fernando Vargas. I love Fernando Vargas. Yeah. You seen his kids? Oh, they're coming up. Are they? Yeah, they're all they're all boxing. Cool. There's something coming up with Fernando. Hmm. You know, he's doing his thing. I mean, that's what I like of like the old school fighters teaching the new schools. You know, the right way and this and all yeah. that. Because I think now that you can teach the kids more good now, and I feel like the kids now these days are developing because they're seeing stuff online and how they are, and they're looking at it and you know and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always always ask, always always get curious. I wonder how come uh, Tyson or Lennox Lewis can't be trainers. Um, well, didn't Lennox Lewis say his son is like actually fighting or something? Something like that. I mean, it's probably hard to be a trainer when you're such a like well, at that level. You know, yeah. you're not really teaching, dude. You're even, like, yeah, even uh, Tyson was criticizing his son because he wants to be a fighter, and he's like, "You're gonna be no, you're no fucking fighter." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, why?" He's like, "Well, I gave you everything. You you got special privileges. You're spoiled. You, it's not like you have to earn it. Like you have something with poverty and boxing comes together. Like you're hungry. You want to get out of being poor and be a boxer and make money and be like that. Mm-hmm. Something. What do mm-hmm. you think? No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. That has always feel like, like you have to have some sort of an edge. Like, they said that uh, Muhammad Ali was one of the only fighters that had, like, that came from, like, a normal background, you know? Most fighters are struggling, man. Like, they had, like, you know, rough upbringings, like, their parents, like, something happened with their parents or something, like, grew up in the hood, or... You always hear stories about boxers doing that type of stuff. Yeah, that's how I feel with uh, Julio Cesar Chavez's son when he fought Canelo. He was saying, oh, that kid's too spoiled. He doesn't work hard. Yeah. He doesn't have that... That hunger like his father had. I mean, I, I think even people that love boxing have that hunger too. Like, they came from something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not something like... You're, you're actually watching people fight, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you're used to it. You're, like, you want to see people that are good at fighting. 
Like you yeah. want to give your all. Yeah, because you, you know? get it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, it's interesting. Like even Klitschko's had a rough background. Like Kodo, all these types of guys. I haven't heard, man, Kodo. Kodo was sick. I haven't heard from him from a long time. Mm-hmm. Even like Prince Nasi. You um, love Prince Nasi. I love him, man. <laughs> People, you know who criticizes him a lot? Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Really? Yeah, he, he hates Freddie him. Prince Jr.? Yeah. The actor? Yeah. What does he, he tell? He, he hates Freddie Prince. He hates Prince Nasi. What? Why? He's like, he thinks he's a has-been. He's fake. He doesn't fight. He's a show-off. It's like, because he's a, he's into MMA and boxing hard. Okay. So his, like, you know, he's into that. So he always, he always talks shit about, like, Prince Nasi. Dude, Prince Nasi was one of the greatest fighters I've ever seen, man. He only lost one fight, right? He only lost one fight. And uh, he fought one more time after that, and he quit. And, uh... Before he lost that fight, like he was like an unpredictable, unstoppable machine. Like he'd get knocked down, but he would knock you out. The best fight I saw was him against uh, Kevin Kelly. Oh, Kevin Kelly! That was Kevin Kelly. That was a war. That, that was a war. And what's great about Nassim, man, he was the entertainer, dude. He'd flip into the ring. He would dance. You know what I'm saying? He came in on a like a magic carpet, dude. He was so sick. And that yeah, the Kevin Kelly fight. That was his first fight in America. You know that? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I remember it was on HBO. Yeah, yeah, it was his first fight. They in promoted America. him. Adidas promoted him hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Prince Nasi, he was uh, something else. One more thing before we take a break and get our beer break. Mark Michael Carbajal. Michael Carbajal. Remember him? Mm-hmm. I used to watch him. Forty like forty two and zero or something. Yeah, Man, he was I used, sick. Yeah, I. Uh, that's one of that was one of the boxing guys I used to grow up. Me and my dad used to watch him. We used to follow Michael Carbajal. Mm-hmm. He was a he fought someone big. I don't know if it was Gonzalez or someone. And he lost. He, he won. Okay. He was really big, big somewhere in Mexico. He was okay. a really big fighter, and yeah, I used to follow him a lot. Carbajal. He just had that tenacity. You know, he was just he was one. Of, I don't know where he was. He from Phoenix. I don't know, man. Somewhere in Arizona. No, no, I think L.A. or somewhere. But I used to fight. Man, I love Carvajal, dude. Mm-hmm. And everything. Man, dude. I can go on forever talking about boxing. Yeah, but sure, uh, let's take a break now and get more racked up on some more Red Stripe beers. We'll be back, guys. What's up, everyone? Mega Man here. On April 5th at 10.30 p.m. at Harvell's in Long Beach, Martin and Huda Moreno from the Yo 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 podcast will be doing a comedy show. After the comedy show, a live band performance by, yes, Slaughter Before Slaughter. Whew, my nipples just got hard. It's going to be epic. The comedians lined up. We have Rick Ramos. Yeah, Rick Ramos, the guy who cries over the movie Coco. <laughs> yeah, he will be there. Side Dick Eddie. You probably heard of him in the George Perez Stories podcast. We'll be there. What's up, my boy? Huda Moreno, Pumpkin Spice Boy. Father of the year. Where you at, Bobby? Where you at? He will be there. And Martin Moreno will be there. You probably heard of him on the Fluffy Tour, on the Yo 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 podcast. Martin! Orale! Will be there. Try to get the tickets, guys. Tickets are only 10 bucks, baby. Come on! Tickets are only 10 bucks. You can go get them at Harvell's in Long Beach. On Instagram or go to martinmoreno.com or Martin Moreno's Instagram click on it go to Martin and Hooters live on stage click on that link go to Harvell's get the tickets $10 baby 
Take your dates. Take your side chicks. Take whatever. It doesn't matter, baby. It's going to be an epic night. It's going to be pandemonium. Tickets, $10 on 10.30 p.m. That's it on a Friday. Let's do it, baby. Let's sell this shit out. Let's do it. Now let's get back to the show, baby. All right, we're back on. We had to take a little pizza and beer break. Had to get some more Red Stripe beers. So, like, now... Let's get down to the hardcore and needy gritty of boxing. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me? What what's going on now? <laughs> Come on, we got to the we got to the good stuff. Let's get to the hardcore stuff because we got some listeners who listen to the podcast who watch UFC, Bellator, mm-hmm. and boxing. So what's up? What, what do you mean? What's going on, man? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but the thing is, is like, it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. The thing what people want is like they want an ultimate like champion at the end of the year or yeah. something. Like boxing isn't like that, right? Mm-hmm. MMA isn't like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not seasonal. You know, it kind of is. Where like you know they won't fight in like around the holidays and stuff. But um, boxing and, and well, I'm, I'm talking about boxing, but it's continues to uh, like repeat itself. I said that earlier. You know, it continues to repeat itself. Yeah. You know. Uh, so and so Wilder doesn't want to fight Fury for whatever reason. I want to get paid more. He doesn't, Wilder doesn't want to fight Joshua unless he gets 50-50. Haven't you heard that story before, man? With other fighters? You well, yeah, because with the with the manager from the zones, all like just ripping off people or making these these sorry ass deals. All this like all these like open ended things, like controversial things, like. The manager's talking about, like, arguing with this manager. We negotiated this, but, like, he's not calling me back, so we're going to continue to focus on our fighter because so-and-so doesn't want to fight. Haven't you, like, heard these stories, like, for, like, decades, man? Like, yeah. that stuff happens. Like, dude, I, I studied, like, Jack Dempsey, like, those types of fighters. Ooh. Like, like Jack Dempsey, like, he although he wanted to fight, you know, he always fought certain people, but he was a champion for seven years and only fought six times. He was a champion. So, yeah, like one time a year. Yeah. And uh, the re- one of some of the reasons why I didn't fight was because of negotiating with, you know, certain fighters, right? And also, he had a lot of outside, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like outside interest. interest. Oh, in- oh like, interest. Yeah, he would, he would be an actor or something or go on TV shows. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then, but he would get paid, bro, when he would fight. Like paid. Like he was like the first ever million dollar gate. Uh he fought like champions from other other uh, countries, and he beat them. Um, Jack Dempsey to me was one of the coolest fighters to study in boxing. They they changed a lot of rules in boxing because of that guy. Wow! So so what he would do is uh, if he knocked you down, he would stand right on top of you. So when you would get up, he would um, beat you down again and get knocked not knock that dude down again. So oh. like, there wasn't no like go to the neutral corner. So like he was the you know that yeah he like he was the one that kind of like invented the like hey when I knock you down I'm gonna stand right on top of you so when you get up I'm gonna freaking knock you down again so I did not know that yeah so um, if you look at some of his fights and other fights too uh, there there will be stories about oh like a certain fighter got knocked down like eight times in one round and part of that is because the other fighter's not in the neutral corner. He's just like, I knock you down. It's a street fight. Get up, fool. Boom. Get, up. You're gonna get knocked out. I get it now. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. second rule, okay, get up, stand on your corner. One, two. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think that's, dang. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the fights that he lost famously is it's, uh, the long count fight. 
he fought uh, Gene Tunney. And um, so this was towards the end of Jack Dempsey's career. He he fought some guy named Gene Tunney, lost to him in a boring decision, had a rematch with him, and during the middle of the fight, knocked Gene Tunney down, stood on top of him to get so he could get back up, but there was a neutral corner rule, and he's not supposed to do that, so the referee like made him go back to the neutral corner and like created this long count where Gene Tunney's on the ground for like 15 seconds, but he should really be on the, like, like if the guy was in the neutral corner, Dempsey would have won. You feel me? Like it was, yeah, it's crazy, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that, is that, he's also, that movie, was it the the Cinderella Man? No, that's not about Jack Dempsey. Okay, there was another, that was another boxer. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, James something, I forgot his name. Okay, yeah, Jack Dempsey. James Braddock or something. Yeah. But did he, did he fight Jack Dempsey? Mm Mm-mm. No? What Jack year Dempsey is this? It was in the 20s. Oh, this is in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, Jack. It was Jack Johnson, who was the first African American heavyweight champion. He lost to uh, like some guy in like the like the 1915 or something, and that mm-hmm. dude in 1915 lost to J- Jack Dempsey. Mm. I got a question. A good question. Go I like to do research. So you know, what boxers they're only they're only good for maybe sixty or seventy fights. You know, professional. That's a lot of fights. But if you look at the all time record, there's like people. There's this person who won over four or five hundred wins in boxing. Mm-hmm. He was the all time, but they don't do that. You know, like okay, you won sixty fights, but I won over five hundred or whatever. Right. But they're fighting every day. Well, like Sugar Ray Robertson. Yeah, yeah, he at fought wars. Like- mm-hmm. Part of the reason why they fought so much is because they weren't on television. They had to get paid. You know, so they would travel from city to city like a circus to, to fight guys. So if you look at Sugar Ray Robinson's record or any guy like in the 50s and before that, yeah. or to, before television was hot and like you could watch, actually watch fights on TV, um, they would fight certain fighters like five or six times. Sometimes they would fight them three times in a row, like in freaking three weeks. They just travel from like Arkansas to freaking Missouri. And fight from Missouri to Chicago, boom, 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 boom. Just travel, just travel, like like like, like a concert or something. I always wonder how the back then the head collision with the whole with the brain. You know, if you get too much hit in the head, you might you know have some brain you know development like you know speech. What's it called again? The CTE. Or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonder how that was. Is there people who are fighting like at every fucking day? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Ooh. I think a lot of that stuff too is like. It's hard to kind of uh, understand how how much it affected people back then. I know there's like you know brain trauma. You hear about stories like Muhammad Ali or whatever it may be, but then I start thinking about like other injuries in sports. Yeah, like, you, uh, saw, you saw Terry Norris, right? Yeah, uh, Terry Norris. Oh, how sad. Yeah, he's just saying, you know, it's happy with Riddick Bow. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just stuttering this, whatever, and just like. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's scary. That's why a lot of people I think a lot of boxers, like a lot of uh, like uh, professional people, like they just want to get out of the game yep. quick. They don't want to get that head trauma. Talking about Andre Ward, man, he got out at the right time, man. You know, he got out. On makes top. sense. No, it makes yeah. sense. It wasn't just about wasn't just about brain trauma. It was more about hey, man, I got my money, and you know, I'm out. You know, I, that's good because I never understood that until I realized. When you watch that movie Rocky Five, after mm-hmm. I beat Drago, he goes to the, he goes to the doctor. He's like, "What's well, so I'm having these brain and my head hurts and everything, and he has to retire because you know now it, it makes sense." Yeah, man. You know, like oh, that's crazy. 
it's crazy. It's funny you mentioned Rocky Five because I tell people like people don't like that Rocky. It's good. No, it's one of the most realistic fight. That's a realistic. Fight movies, yeah. What do you do? Because you're broke. You your money went somewhere. You got scammed from another accounting. Mm-hmm. You're having brain damage. What do you do after boxing? No, that's a good. No, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was that boxing critic? Al Bernstein. Yeah, he said he loved that movie. It, 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 it's a realistic, good. It's a good movie. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, what do you do after boxing? Yeah. Because if you're only good at boxing, sooner or later you have to get, hang up your gloves. Or what do you can do after boxing? Do you have businesses? Are you gonna go to school? Are you can do this. Yeah. Yeah, man. I. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm, now sure. I know why Andre Ward is doing his thing and. Roy Jones. I don't know why is he is he still fighting still. Well, Roy Jones stopped, but like Roy Jones was. Uh, he did it more for the sport towards the end. Man, to me, he's the best fighter ever. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, he was like, to me, like LeBron James of boxing. He had such a great athlete. Moved from like junior middleweight, 154, to heavyweight. Antonio Tarver. Antonio Tarver beat him. Yeah. But that was a... He was still kind of, yeah, toying with that whole thing. Yeah, you know what though, man? Jones shouldn't have even went back down. He went to heavyweight. At over like around 200 pounds and then lost 25 pounds of muscle in like 8 months to fight Antonio Tarver I remember he fought a heavyweight John Luis John Luis I remember that fight mm-hmm. I ordered that fight me too it was a it was a heavyweight Mexican mm-hmm. he was giving someone a hard time for, was it Riddick Bo or know, someone Van, he Van, was Van der Holyfield he knocked some, him down yeah, he was giving him a hard time mm-hmm. and and Roy Jones was little was like that guy is small and just Messed him up. Couldn't do anything. No, it was a great fight. Wow. Like if Roy Jones stayed a heavyweight man, he would have fought like, like an old Vander Holyfield or fought even Mike Tyson. They were talking about him fighting Lennox Lewis, and then it didn't happen. So then he uh, went back down, fought Tarver, and like kind of lost his reflexes in a way. Kind of like Kobe tearing his Achilles and coming back. Like he ain't the same, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So which which fight was it where Roy Jones fought someone? A- it was oh my god he fought a, a, a good boxer oh my god where he kind of fainted and he did the same thing oh, and yeah. knocked him out I forgot that James Tony man yes James Tony James Tony yeah yeah I remember that fight I was like oh, mm-hmm. what are you doing man mm-hmm. there's man just everything what's um who's your favorite fighter uh, Roy Jones man Roy Jones all yeah, the way yeah. Roy Jones it's your top five right now top five right now yeah man. past or present. Of all time? Yeah. I got Roy Jones number one. Mm-hmm. Dang, man. That's a tough question, dude. <laughs> that's a tough question. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> Not that, man. I just want to be real, you know? Uh, it's because like, I'm going to forget. I know when I leave, I'm going to be like, dang, I should have said that, dude. Um, so I got Roy Jones number one. Let me name the other four, but not in any order. I like Lennox Lewis a lot. I think Lennox Lewis was a great heavyweight champion. Although I like Mike Tyson a lot, his little... Peak was badass, you know. But Len- before or after prison? Before. Okay. I think Lennox Lewis was like the total package, man. I think I like a lot of Lennox. He, if he got defeated, he will go. I want a rematch. Yeah. Where he beat Oliver McCall, mm-hmm. then he beat Hasim Rahman. Yeah. I remember that yeah. in Africa. I that was it. That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. I remember that he was talking about. He hated that he was doing movies and this. Mm-hmm. And Hasim was there maybe a month and a half early. Mm-hmm. Over there because of the, the weather, the climate, and everything. So he had a more of advantage because you know the breathing of the, the high altitude and stuff. And he, he yeah, 
But like yeah, so you have Lennox. Okay. I got uh Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay. Sugar Ray Leonard to me. I mean he was in the eighties there was like Virtual Duran, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler. Ray Leonard was the man at the end of the day. You know, he's the one that he's the only one that beat all of them, I believe. Like the of all those four four guys I mentioned, um, not all of them I don't think all of them like, you know, they all fought each other. But only one that like beat the other three was Sugar Ray Leonard. Did he? Did he fight Tommy Hearns? Yeah, he fought him, fought him twice. Fuck. Tommy, Tommy Hearns. Hearns. Tommy Hearns beat Roberto Duran. Hagler beat Hearns and Duran. That's a war. Hagler and Hearns. No, all those fighters. He's, yeah, dude. They're as wars. Mayweather's up there too, man. Mayweather's like you could talk. We could talk all the bad stuff we want about that guy, but defense. Defense That's what he was did. great. Mm-hmm. What's that? Who's that Mexican fighter who I always see him on media where he clipped him really hard and he kind of got kind of dazed? But now he's making a comeback now. Oh, Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> Dude, Madonna was awesome. He's the one that beat Broner. Okay. Yeah. He hits hard. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a funny story about Mayweather and Madonna. Okay. So I was at the first Mayweather Madonna fight. It was on uh, May third, two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. and. I remember this day specifically because it was the day before my nephews got baptized. Yeah. In uh, Modesto. So I flew from the Bay Area to Vegas for one day to go to that fight. Oh, shit. And the next day I had to come to the baptism. <laughs> and my brother was like, uh, you know, Zad, if you miss this, like, I got no remorse for you. Like, you're going to go to a stupid fight over your nephew's baptism? I was like, whatever. End up going. The fight was great. Like, Mayweather gets cut in the fight. It's a very close fight, and then it was a close decision. Mayweather won, obviously, but there was a big Argentina fan base there, and they were cheering for him, like singing songs, cheering for Madonna during the fight. He's Mexican, right? He's uh, he's from Argentina. Oh, Madonna, 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 Madonna. Okay. Yeah. So they're cheering for like singing songs. It's crazy. And then, although he lost, they carried him out of the ring. It was like a, it was like a crazy, like it was like a movie. Like they carried him on his shoulder, on their shoulders, like singing, like carried him. It was crazy. What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, when you leave the MGM Grand Arena, you have to go up these like two long escalators that could probably fit and staircase that could probably fit like a thousand people, but there's like twenty thousand people trying to go out at the same time. So it was like a huge stamp, like. Just a stagnant, like you can't really move. Like a sardines. Yeah, like your sardines. So I'm trying to walk out of the arena. It's like sardines. I'm trying to get into uh, the media room, right? I find a shortcut. Like, finally get into the media room. Like, I'm like sweating. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're bumping into so many people. All you want to do is get like a glass of water. So I get a glass of water. I'm chilling, waiting for Mayweather to show up. And then all of a sudden, boom, the media doors open up. Like, and then there's people just falling over each other. It's like a stampede. Like, like, you don't know what the hell's going on. Because there's so many people that are stacked up. You think there's, like, a fight. Like, you know, there's a bomb. So I started getting, like, nervous. I didn't know what to do. The first, my first reaction was to run away. Right? Mm-hmm. So then I run away. I find this, like, exit sign. I'm running, like, down this, like, cafeteria. And, like, I look to my left. And I see fucking Rod Artest. Me and Rod Artest. Any people? <laughs> no, me and Rod Artest are running away from the, from the stampede. We're like, what's going on? Like, we don't know where to go. Like, where should we go? Where should we hide? We find this, like, freezer, and we hide in this, like, huge, like, meat freezer, and we're, like, kind of wondering, like, what's going on outside, and then we go out, and nothing happened. It was just, like, people falling over, and that's it. 
<laughs> That's the story. <laughs> it's like a bomb scare. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but like on boxing night in Vegas, it's crazy, huh? Boxing Vegas fights are cool, man. Vegas mm-hmm. fights are really cool. You see a lot of narcos there? Narcos? Yeah. Nah. When they have Canelo fights, yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to the Staples right here? When they have the yeah, the, the Wilder Fury was there. How was that? Was that? Oh, that was sick. The pack, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. Did you go to the weigh-ins too outside? You know, um, I wasn't there for the weigh-ins. I was I had some stuff to do, but um, yeah, the weigh-ins are usually cool. Hey, uh, I was gonna ask, same. We know like how the UFC is. How come they only focus on one main event card and not the bottoms? You know, like they should have like upcoming like fighters, like good fighters. You know, like. I don't know. You mean a boxing? Like a co-main event or two co-main events or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, to hype up like, okay, that's that's pretty good. I mean, they try to, but you, you got money. Think. Well, you got, you got to think, man. UFC is a league. It's like a, it's like a it's like an organization, you know? Like boxing is uh promotional. Like they're promoting one event at a time. Mm-hmm. You know? So they're promoting trying to get the most money out of specific events mm-hmm. and they they give the most money to the top guys so it's a very uh top heavy sport mm-hmm. whereas in ufc um the the money isn't spread out so deep so you know so much mm-hmm. it's yeah what you think about with connor when he fought fucking floyd mayweather I thought was it was like a circus no nah, man i thought it was a great fight mm-hmm. People no one gave him a chance be like oh he's gonna bite to the 10th round it was an entertaining fight to me mm-hmm you say whatever they want, man. I mean, he was there. He actually hurt Floyd Mayweather. Uppercut a couple times? Mm, no, nah, it was a body shot in the mm-hmm. ninth round or something. He was big. Connor looked big. He was just, uh, he didn't really train he, for it. He was a little tired. Six weeks. He got tired. Six, yeah, and six or seven, eight weeks. Yeah, he only had like six weeks. So, with that, how, how often does, if you're going to train for a main fight, you train for, like, for, like, for a couple months? At least eight, maybe 12 weeks, you know? Uh, I remember. Evander Holyfield traded for like 16 weeks for Mike Tyson. Amir Khan right now is training like 12, 14 weeks for Terrence Crawford. You know? Like the good fighters, they're in the gym all the time. Amir's going to fight Terrence Crawford? Yeah, on April, 12th, April 20th. Uh, I, Mega Man did not know that. <laughs> Terrence Crawford, he, everyone wants, that fool has a mark on his head. Everyone wants to fight Terrence Crawford. Terrence yeah, Crawford's the man. He's the man. Mm-hmm. But he's from Nebraska, right? Uh, Omaha, right? Omaha, yeah, but yeah. that's what they would talk about. Oh, you're fighting all these people, but you got to fight more bigger people. And that's Amir Khan. Amir Khan. Fuck. Yeah, that's a good fight. I, when is that again? Almost. April 20th. I hope, when is it gonna, hope it's on the zone. It's on ESPN. Oh, view. Oh, 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 yeah, I don't know if I can get it. Because they have a deal. ESPN Plus, you pay for the whole year, you get one pay-per-view for free. Either it could be a UFC fight or a boxing fight. That's cool. But that's only once a year. Mm. For new new subscription, mm. uh, new people. Mm-hmm. Fuck Terrence Crawford. That's gonna be a good fight. That's gonna be a good fight. Who do you got, Amir Khan? I mean, I know Amir Khan, dude. Amir Khan's one of the coolest boxers I've ever met in my life. But I mean, it's tough to say that he's gonna win this fight. Like he's got the odds stacked against him. Um, but like you know, your logic tells you Terrence Crawford's gonna win. But Amir Khan does have the experience, man. Like he's got experience and he's um, he's a great boxer, man. Is it true? I don't know. I you know like I like boxing. Is it, you know me? You maybe are you good friends with Americon? Yeah, yeah. Like they always talk about when they say like Americon has a glass jaw. Is that true? I mean, he gets caught, man. He gets caught. He's been I've seen his out. fights. Yeah, he gets caught like 
he gets caught. He gets a. Uh, he's very. He he looks for action. He's a fighter, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's um he's with Virgil Hunter now, who has more of a defensive style. But um, Mir Khan looks for action. And he gets caught because of it. You know, um, but if you think, dude, he's fought. He's lost four times, three by knockout. One of them was like by a disputed decision that he should have won. He's never really, in my opinion, lost a decision. So if he boxes well against Terence Crawford, he's going to give Terence Crawford problems. Because he's a good boxer, Amir uh, Khan. He's very experienced amateur-wise. Uh, he's got speed. Is he from, where is he from, England? UK, yeah. He's uh, Pakistani. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he does get caught, man. There's, there's no question about it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch him. Amir Khan, man, that's, yeah, that's something. Um, let's, let's jump into the, to the MMA now. Mm-hmm. We're boxing. I think we're set. I think we're set for boxing coming up. <laughs> now, the UFC, like, now with the whole deal with ESPN+, Plus, the packages, pay-per-views going down the drain, the streaming. What do you see UFC now? I mean, now it's on ESPN. Now it's, now it's more. People know now. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've... I've, uh, when I came up in boxing, I didn't really like UFC. It was sort of like a Tupac and Biggie thing, gotcha. you know? Uh-huh. Like, I wanted, I liked Tupac more than Biggie. Mm-hmm. So I, I always, like, hate on Biggie in a weird way when you were younger, yeah. you know? Um, but then you go to appreciate it, and you get older, that's kind of like how I feel about UFC. UFC is very organized, and they sell their, their uh, events, and it makes you want to watch them, man. Like, I was watching Steven Thompson against Pettis last week. That was a Superman punch. Crazy fight. You know, like, the thing is about UFC, it's very, uh, there's, they uh, reward action. They, re- they reward the best fighter of the week or whatever. They reward the, the fight, of, fight of the night. Submission of the night. Yeah, so those types of things that, like, the fighters are, are thirsting to get more money, so they look for the action. Mm-hmm. Whereas in boxing, they don't have that. So I think more people are attracted to UFC because there's action. Whereas in um, boxing, it's more, you know, traditional. Um, so I think to answer your question, I see UFC continuing to grow. Like whoever, if McGregor's really retired or not, um, you know, or whoever fighter loses, let's say John Jones might lose one time, there's always the next guy in UFC because it's not built around the fighters. Mm-hmm. Whereas like for the past like hour, all we're doing is talking about fighters. We're not talking about the sport of boxing. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, because I always see, like, I guess if you're going to be a, a good boy with Dana, you know, you're going to be a superstar. But, you know, with Brock, Daniel Cormier, you know, like Tyrone, like all these fighters, little by little, they're all going to retire. So who's the up, the next up-and-coming fighters of the UFC? You know, you got, like, Brian Ortega. You know, you got Rose, uh, Doug Rose. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, like, a lot of good fighters, you know, like... Um, uh, what's, who's that fighter from the heavyweight uh, from Cameroon? Oh yeah, one he just, guy. He's huge. He's huge. Just knocked out freaking Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Ugano. Yeah, right. Yeah. Francis Ugano. He's sick. He's yeah, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, man. There's just like a lot of like a lot of upcoming stuff coming in the UFC. I mean, it's great. You know, I'm looking forward to watching it, and uh, I I have the ESPN Plus package that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I watch old school UFC fights, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watch all that. I like watching the thirty for thirty. Yeah, good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that for four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. You watch all the thirty for thirty, all the games, the streaming. 
But the 30 for 30, I just got done watching uh, the Ric Flair story. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was good. That was fucking really, really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, now nah, you kind of make sense. Like, okay, he is like that. You know, we talk all the talk, but Ric Flair, he's just, he had to, you know, get the audience up and down and everything. Mm-hmm. But the 42 and 1 with the Buster Douglas, that was a really good yep. one. Do you, do, you, do, you, um, do you watch cricket? No. Oh, you don't? No, cricket, the sport? Yeah. Okay, no. Go for 30 for 30. They had this greatest cricket from India and how they, they won the first ever. In, I think what the last time they won like in the 80s and they, the, the cricket won in, the, in India and it was, it was like awesome, dude. Wow. And then do you watch, do you watch rugby? I mean, I've, I don't know, like follow it, but I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Times, yeah. The same thing. It's called, I think it's called 16th. That's the one with South Africa where they won the first. Oh, uh, uh, okay. With uh, when Nelson Mandela took power and how South Africa transformed. It used to be like blacks and whites separate, cool. and it united the country together because of because of rugby, because of the Springboks. Because if you would have took that little emblem of the Springboks, there there would have been civil war. It was that's some good stuff. Like sports can change the world, dude. For sure, man. Yeah, but that's a lot of stuff. Is there um. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything coming up down the road? Well, um, I, you know, just follow my Instagram, uh-huh. you know, Ray Mark, at Ray Markarian on Instagram and uh-huh. Twitter. Uh-huh. I'm not as active on Twitter, but I'm pretty active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, follow uh, Bleacher Report Boxing. Yes, Bleacher Reports. Now, let's before we before we sign off, let's talk about Bleacher Reports. Now that's only for all sports. Yeah, it's all for for all sports. Okay. So uh, Bleacher Report is a uh, it's a website, sort of like you know, I guess ESPN.com or something. Gotcha. But they they're um, very pop culture driven. You know, they they focus a lot on you know stuff that's happening. Like they don't really have a section for stats for sports. You know, it's all about like stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like quick, quick, quick. Uh, you know catchy type of things upcoming stuff quick like that yeah, yeah like you know there's a lot of stuff on basketball football um you know mma you know baseball you know boxing as well um so yeah it's a really cool cool website man I yeah mean, i'm sure a lot of people know about it on your, on yeah, your podcast yeah well i just follow i've been i've been following it for like two or two months now uh-huh. but when i started following you now um uh-huh. i didn't i saw your bleacher reports like oh really yeah yeah, yeah and everything and you were i saw on your instagram you did a you're talking to one of the fighters or one of the managers on your the last one you had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that's for the Canelo fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was talking to uh, his opponent Daniel Jacobs and Canelo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I go to these press conferences and you know get an opportunity to uh, speak to some really cool people, man. We're like Nate Diaz and, and uh, Nick Diaz, the uh, Diaz yeah. brothers. The good people too, man. For us? Oh, Nate Diaz, like I. I've met Nate Diaz a few times. Um, it's not like he's gonna be like, "Oh my God, what's up, Ray?" You know what I mean? But like we uh, we we talk a lot about uh, some real estate ideas and. Uh, Plus, he's from Norcas, from Stockton. He's from Stockton. I said, I said, "What's up, man?" Two hundred nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't know, like, well, "What you got this guy on?" Well, we're from Modesto. Stockton's like fifty miles away. Yeah. It's like what is it? Not kind of by Manteca. By it's a little the, bit north of it. A little bit north. Yeah. Yeah, by Hammer Lane. Right, like around there, there. Okay. UOP and all that. Yeah, UOP, like all the nice area. And remember, whoever does the stock, then we get it. There's two separate fucking malls. That's <laughs> the thing I hate. You drive to this mall, then you have to drive across the street to the other mall. That's the thing I, I hate. That man. sucks. I know. Was I think it was on Hammer Lane or was it? 
Arch, no, Arch, Arch Road. Arch Road. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. We used to take the back roads going all the way to Stockton from Modesto. Like if we're gonna go to Escalon, uh-huh. they could take that that one street going all the way up. Cool. Yeah, my dad used to commute. And he used to take the freeway sometimes, or take the back roads going all the way to Sacramento nice. to like Hammer Fucking Lane. Cool. Because that Hammer Lane, it's a countryside, then it turns into a city, then it takes it all the way. Mm. But I think they should build more buses, like more. Because I, I don't know, Modesto's getting bigger now, mm-hmm. so it's, it's spreading out more. Where all the little cities around it, they're all getting connected into one. It's gonna be a bigger city, which they may should make another transit more buses. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, they should do a lot of stuff over there. I don't know. I think you should be on the city council, man. Fuck yeah. No, it's too corrupted, dude. <laughs> I mean, well, Stockton filed bankruptcy three times. Three times? Three times. Wow. And Modesto, it's bad over there. They're just kicking all the people from Stockton all the way down to uh, Modesto. All those rehab people and all that stuff. Dang. So I don't know what's going on with Modesto. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even still get a bad rep. Hey, you're from Modesto, right? So, oh, home of Scott Peterson and Lacey. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember all that shit? Mm-hmm. Lacey. Uh, Levy, remember that girl who disappeared? Oh, the congresswoman. Yes, the condit. See, we get a bad rep from Modesto. Sucks, man. I don't like it. Yeah, me too. That's all like, that's not us, but we know the places where they happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lacey Peterson's place is right there by that park down there. Yeah, yeah, La Loma. La Loma? Yeah, remember that? You played basketball over there back yeah, in the day? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Remember when it used to rain at Drake and it, the whole park would get flooded? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where she passed away. Yeah. By that bridge. That was her house. That was her house was over there. Like around that area, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, fuck. It's like, this is where Lacey... crazy. Yeah. And Lacey Peterson's dad was a, had an auto place somewhere. I think it was on Oakdale Road or, or Coffee Road. Like, a, like somewhere over there in that area. But it's just like a lot of things over there. You kind of reminisce. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. But the only thing I hate about it, when it rains hard in Modesto, that city gets flooded. Mm-hmm. Like, what's over there... What's over there by Paradise? Over there by... Uh, there's another school over there. Not Mark Twain. There's another school over there. Mm. They build some houses and every time... In the, by series. Yeah. Um, so it's junior high. Somewhere over, Teal, around... Teal? Henshaw? Teal? I can't oh, remember, Te- man. Teal? I think Teal is by, uh, by Johansson, right? Uh, Something. I can't remember, man. Yeah, you said the people... Whoever did the development, the houses... The, all the houses will get flooded in the rain. That's why. Mm-hmm. Why do you put them all down there by Dry Creek? And that's where the rain's gonna start. The floods gonna start happening. Yeah. I hate about Modesto. I hate <laughs> it, man. Uh, going to what uh, was it by Junior College by Wendy's over there? Was it called uh, over the bridge? Which one? By by the right there by the where Food Max used to be on Briggsmore. Oh yeah. You go over the bridge. Balloon, I think it was blue, 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 uh, blue, blue gum, blue gum. Yeah, yeah blue gum. I used to work right there at that Wendy's where the Home mm. Depot is. Oh wow! Yeah, I and that Food that Max. Place. I used to work right there, that Food yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I used to go around that area, play basketball, uh, but and right there by uh, Prescott Estates. Cool. I don't like going there at night. Back <laughs> in the day, you get you get shot up. Yeah, for sure. People don't know. I know. People don't know. But like, yeah, I'll be over there in Modesto pretty soon. Um, I want to catch up on a lot of familiar faces I haven't seen for a long time and just visit some people and uh, uh, shout outs to Denise Gonzalez Mike Ayala Guy Lawrence Tootie Javi my man and uh, Darren Darren Plushkash you know who won that fight (laughs) (laughs) I don't know you won bro yeah oh yeah let's talk about that let's talk there was a video of me back in the day (laughs) you wanna talk about it before we log up go ahead bro we'll talk about it so 
back when Bayer, uh, this guy was talking shit, Javi, Darren Pleshkatch, and me. And uh, we were just going at it. So there is, and I used to tell this guy, like, hey, tell that fool I'm going to go fight him. And that, wait, wait, wait. why that, did you guys fight? He was just talking shit. He's like, oh, fuck Steven. He's a pussy. That's it? He, shit happened, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think what happened was we played football together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it went on. He was older than us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played football and he's talking shit. And I was like, hey, tell that fool I'm going to go fight him after school. And he's like, you want to fight me, punk? At lunch, let's do it right now. And there used to be so much security there of supervisors that. that we couldn't do anything. Just tell him, I'm going to meet him at CF, CF, uh, CF Brown. CF Brown. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, he's not going to go. And I told Tootie and Javi, remember, tell him I'll fight him. Meet me there at this certain time. The reason why I said a certain time because my mom would work three jobs. So I would go home. I'd ride my bike. I'd put my sweats on. And I was like running over there. When I got there, I didn't know. I told everyone, hey, there's going to be a big fight at CF Brown. And they're like, hey, it's going to be a big fight. No way. Then when I got there, all you guys were all there. Like a oh, big yeah. fucking oh, crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, shit. It's a, it's like, we're just going at it. Oh, I yeah. just took off my shirt. And bam, we're going at it. And everything. I was like, and Guy Lord says, see, look at that. Look at Steven. He came by himself with no. Because there was times you go to fights and they'll be like three on one. Yep. Four on one. You yeah. can't. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was right across the street at 2D's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it was by the basketball court. Yeah, yeah and we would go. And so what happened was, I think rumor happened that we were going to fight. The supervisor principal told the officers oh. that we were going to fight. Then the cops came. We all took off. Officer Ryan. Officer, <laughs> <laughs> Officer Ryan. I think it was. And uh, uh, they were videotaping it. That was, dude, that was a great, like, I remember when I came over, I was driving over here, I was like, damn, I remember that fight. It was like 20 minutes, but dude, nonstop. We're, it was yeah. a good fight. It was a good fight. Like, Dad, Darren, uh, he, I hope he listens to this, he, he fought great. He fought great. I, we, yeah. I, I had a scratches, he had a black eye. Yeah, but so it was he, like toe to toe. It was even, even. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that we were still fighting and Darren got on top of me. I was like, oh, fucking mount. He, he oh. mounted me. Oh. And I was like tr- trying to hit him back. And all of a sudden, the sirens came. Oh, no way. Yeah. And we just <laughs> took off. Yeah. Then we all took off and whatever. Then there was going to be another fight, oh. you know, with uh, Guy Lawrence, with uh-huh. Robert Laura. And they were like, hey, I want to fight you next and shit. And Javi and Tootie going back and forth. Come on. No, no. Fuck that. Let's do it right now. Do it. And Guy was like, come on, dude. And Mike Aiello was there and everything. Remember Andrew? Andrew Contreras? Yeah, I had a brother, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, he was there because he used to live on a coffee. Okay. Coffee in Orangeburg. Yeah. Was it Orangeburg? I think it was. Mm-hmm. One of that street, Roseburg. Mm-hmm. And we were just whatever. And I think that was it, man. Cool, man. We just kind of like, and then the next day he took us to the office. And it's oh. like, you guys are cool. It's like, yeah. Did you guys fight? No. We were like, whatever. Cool. We were cool after that. That's cool, man. I know after that, and. I haven't seen them since. That's cool. That's a good story. But there was a lot of fights. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, what school did you go to in junior high? Somerset. Somerset. Somerset, yeah. Went to U-Stack. Did you U-Stack? Yeah, we used to go there sometimes. And I remember it used to be like rumbles. Like some people from Somerset will come to U-Stack. U-Stack will go to Somerset or Mark Twain, Prescott. It used to be, there was a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. It was bad in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of gangs. I remember that. Yeah, man. It's dangerous. People get shot up. Yep. People are bringing guns. Stabbed. I remember Guy Lawrence. Some There was like about five or six Cambodian guys 
went to Bar High School, were looking for Guy Lawrence. They wanted to kill him. Wow. He's like, what were you doing? He said, he, I guess Guy went somewhere on the west side. Mm-hmm. And he said something, and that fool wanted to blast him. So he had like a fat gun. And it's like, dude, I'm trying you. And there was a lot of shit going on, man. You don't know who was packing. Yeah, scary, man. Those, you don't know who was packing. Yeah. That was like in Byard, like drugs. Remember there was a drug drug raid? Oh, yeah. So many times. Yeah, there was sniffing. Bomb threats. Bomb threats. Uh, there were sniffing. Some of us, who someone had like a whole bunch of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would just, what do they do? Expel us? Yeah. Or whatever, but that's it. Or arrest us. Crazy. But they had cops there every fucking day. Every day. 100%. I just yeah fights there. Then I'll, you ever noticed your brother and I will be in the office a lot, a lot. Your brother was a troublemaker, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, yeah, and I was, and he's like, "Oh, you here too, Steve?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What you do?" He's like, "What?" Yeah, your brother was always in the office, and he used to talk hell of shit like, "Fuck you, Mister Gregory." Oh, like, yeah, that's when Mister Gregory was, you know, was alive when he was mm-hmm. a principal. He was a racist. Was he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If I remember your brother, be like, fuck you, you piece of shit. You don't tell me what to do, so I'm going to call your mom. Call her, I don't give a fuck. Wow. Yeah, your brother was crazy, man. With my brother right now, I was going to put a shout out to him, man. Mm-hmm. Marco Real Estate. He has one of the hottest growing small businesses in the country right now. Shout outs to him, man. Shout yeah. outs to him. But other than that, um, before I go, um, I got you, every time for certain guests who love craft beers, I got... My boy Ray, two beers. I got a beer uh, from 8-Bit Brewery uh-huh. from Mariana, California. Grand Tart Mango Double IPA. Shoutouts to Beer Thug Life. This is for you. Thank you. And my boy, he did a collab. Boy, Bethel Duran. The reason why he's a mic drop because he's always everywhere on ESPN, Lakers, Galaxy, you know, doing all that. And uh, he did a collab with uh, Mo Salon. Shouts to Craft Beer Kings and uh, Arrow Lodge Brewery. And uh, this is beers for you. It's a Huchata Milkshake Double IPA. Right on. So these are gifts from Mega Man to you, dude. Thank you, Mega Man. So, I appreciate you. Bro. Yeah. So you're going to love that one. If you want those, go to Craft Beer Kings. Cool. But this is a special edition. This is like rarely, I don't know if he's going to make any more of that, but it's, uh, it's some good beer. This one will probably get you buzz. This one, you're going to love that one. It's perfect, dude. Cool. Can't wait. Other than that... Um, or you know they can follow you again. Um, subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast. Rate and review on iTunes. Leave me those five stars. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Mega Man six nine eight zero. My new podcast, the page, the Mega Man's podcast. Follow. Um, you can. Fo- we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitchers. Um, not on SoundCloud yet. Anchor, um, other platforms, Podbeams, and everything. And. Uh, just show some love to my boy Ray and Bleachers Report, man. Follow him, man. I'm going to put all that stuff uh, later on on Saturday. This episode will be out later shortly. But other than that, man, thank you, man. Thank you, Steve. All right, man. Hi, buddy. All right, we're out. Mega Man's out. Ray's out. Late. Psych, we're not done yet. I was thinking about we cannot we cannot end this. There's still much more boxing to talk about. And I was kind of thinking like, man, you know what? Let's keep on going for another 20 minutes because there's more stuff to talk about. Um, Triple G and Canelo. Uh-huh. Who won the fight? Um, they fought two times. I, in my opinion, okay, I went to the first fight. It was the best fight I've ever been to in my life. Uh-huh. It was like, I felt like I was watching like, 
you know, 1980s brawl or something, right? Yeah. But I thought Triple G won the first fight. Um, it was it was a close fight, but I thought he won. And then the second fight, I thought he won too, even though Canelo got the decision. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that since Canelo was fighting differently coming forward, you know, he should have deserved the decision. In my opinion, if you watch the fight again, Triple G didn't really get hit that hard. You know, he was keeping him at bay with the jab the whole time. Yeah. And... I think he won a close decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second fight, it was kind of more Canelo. Yeah, I mean, it was even. But with Triple G, man, it's like, I don't know. The second fight was more 50-50. Yeah. I don't know. Did you know Triple G's never been knocked down in amateur or pro in his career? No. Never. Uh-uh. Ever. Um, that's just crazy to me. He's, and he how old is he, what, 36? 36, 37. He's getting there yeah. at that age. Yeah, man. Um, a draw and a loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I I mean, that's Golden Boy's working, you know. You know, you know, people say that. I think Canelo's had some gift decisions. Those two decisions you're talking about, you know. Uh, against Triple G, against Lara. I thought Lara beat him. I thought uh, Austin Trout, like it was very close. He probably he might even beat him too, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he lost to Mayweather, mm-hmm. and then they gave one of the judges gave Canelo a draw in that Mayweather fight. So Canelo's awesome. You know, I'm not trying to yeah, yeah. talk bad about him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's one of the most entertaining fighters in boxing, one of the best. Yeah, but I think he's lost a few fights that they give they they give him victories for. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I look at the record of Canelo, it's always about that two draws. Two draws, huh? Yeah, he has a draw from Triple G and another one. When he was younger. When he was younger. And that loss with Floyd, but he was young. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's just, I don't know. I look at records. People care about records. For sure. If I, oh, if it's not perfect, if one loss, oh, that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. Look at Sugar Ray Robinson again. Look at all these other ones who had like... 36 losses, but has over 150 fights won or a 90, like Archie Moore. Right, Archie yeah. Moore. Archie Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when he had a good record, but it was, but he throws those were wars. Mm-hmm. But now they just, people can now these days care about records. Yep. If you lose a record, you know, if you lose a fight, there goes your contract. We were talking about earlier with the, you know, the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have a perfect record if you have like a 10 year deal. And if you lose one, there goes all your money. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, they should have just too much pressure. Yep, I don't know why. I mean, so it's about you know, it's like you said, it's about winning in boxing, whereas in the UFC, it's about action, right? Like you can lose, but like you can still be considered like action packed. Everyone wants to watch you fight, but in boxing, I mean, like Arturo Gatti, for example, Ugh. lost some fights. He was action packed, but everyone wanted to see him fight. Mickey Ward, Mickey Ward, uh, Gabriel Rosado, they got fights right now. Mm-hmm. He's like that too. He's lost a few fights, but he bleeds. His fights are entertaining. You know who's like that? Jeremy Stevens from the UFC. Jeremy Stevens. He has a little third 29 record, but he has like 12, 13 losses. But that fool comes to fight. Mm-hmm. He's a war. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's where I like people like, I want to fight that guy. Or like Jorge Mazadal, who just fought there until. Right. He has like a little sour record, but no one wants to fight him. Right. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. Those records, I get scared of like those undefeated fighters fight those kind of fighters because they've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Like that movie Rocky had like an okay record but no one wanted to fight Rocky. <laughs> and that's why that's why uh, Creed lost. Yep. But that's a something with the judges but uh, do you feel the 
with the promotion of its golden boy or Bob Arum or Floyd, is it the judges go with kind of with them behind the scenes or? Look, man. I mean, I've talked to a lot of judges. I've talked to a lot of refs. I mean, they they say like there's nothing going on behind the scenes. I mean, it's human. It's subjective. Fights mm-hmm. are subjective. People think boxing's fixed, right? You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think all sports are fixed. I think every sport. No, let me take that back. I think every, <laughs> I think every, every sport can be fixed. Uh-huh. Like in the NBA, I remember like a couple months ago, uh, Kevin Durant ran out of bounds, and then they, they then like they reviewed it, this and that, and then they said uh, he was actually in bounds, and then they like you know gave the Warriors the ball or whatever, and then in the NFL, clear pass interference, but they don't call it. You trying to tell me that isn't fixed? You know what I mean? But boxing's fixed because some judge says that so-and-so wins a fight because they see it from a particular viewpoint. You know? Mm-hmm. I think boxing's actually less fixed than people think it is. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, people say there's there's underhanding stuff going on behind the scenes, but there's NBA refs that get caught and go to prison for fixing games. Oh, remember that. I remember that. Yeah, the yeah. Kings and Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know why the boxing has this, such a bad reputation about that. Maybe it's because like um, there isn't a, a league, like I was saying earlier. There isn't really a uh, filter system where like um, like you know there isn't like where a referee can't really talk to the media, for example, in the NBA. They don't get interviewed. Oh, I didn't know that. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, but I have the like you know any you know, I could talk to any judge I want or any ref I want mm-hmm. in boxing. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah, man. Like it's there is it's like wild. Like I like to call boxing like the wild wild west. Anything goes, right? There's mm-hmm. no like governing body on top of everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know that answers your question. But, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no I, I totally get it. Yeah, just yeah, just you just have to have an open mind and just see how boxing and all the sports are, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we go this time. Mayweather and the Canelo. You think for sure Canelo will beat Mayweather, like in Canelo's prime now, because now he's maturing. Uh-huh. He got his. Yeah, I think he'll just just destroy Mayweather now. today. Today, I mean, prime versus prime, Mayweather would kill him. Prime versus prime Mayweather, prime versus Canelo. Yeah. Prime Canelo against prime Mayweather. Yeah, dude, Mayweather would destroy him. Really? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, Mayweather was, like, untouchable, man. You know? I mean, Canelo's awesome. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but he's not all-time great. Can mm. we agree on that? Mm. All-time great. Like, yeah. he has, he's not there yet. No. Like, you're, you're naming top five fighters, top yeah. ten, top 20. You're not going to name Canelo. He's not there. He's not He's not a Cesar Chavez yet. No. But he's, he's amazing, right? Yeah. So, I'm saying prime for prime... My opinion, Mayweather would beat him. But today, Mayweather like forty two or whatever against Canelo. Oh, yeah, Canelo would kill him. I think a lot of fighters would beat Mayweather today. There's oh yeah. There's yeah. a lot of fighters. There's a lot of I mean, we even talk about Mikey Garcia's. Sure. You know, with him moving up, going up and well, he got destroyed. Yeah. I mean I don't know if Mikey Garcia would beat Mayweather. But like Spence would probably beat Mayweather, right? Mm-hmm. Crawford, just by activity alone. You know, it's not about That'd All be the, a good one right there, Crawford versus uh, Mayweather. Of course, but I mean, like it would never happen. But of course, it would be good, you know. Um, but um, yeah, man, I think uh, Mayweather has a great way of selling. 
You know, he's like right now, like people want to see him in, in action just because everyone knows him. Mm-hmm. But uh, true boxing fans know like he's past his prime, and if he fights like a younger, active fighter in their prime, he more than likely get beat. That's yeah. Yeah. That's Mayweather. He's like he's always been that defensive where mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't get hit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because of his dad and his his uh, Roger Mayweather. Yeah, his uncle. Yeah, his uncle. Mm-hmm. They taught him. Yeah, yeah. how to move and yeah. everything and uh, he's been boxing so he kind of knows the system and everything which yeah but but Canelo yeah he has a long way to go I feel he's young he's how old is he now he's like 20s I think oh, he's, oh, he still has a yeah, long he's, way to go dude, he's, he fights everyone yeah. he's fighting Daniel Jacobs he's great dude like he's like yeah. there's no like don't like I mean, his resume is strong yeah. you know um, but you know then again like he, he's he's presented well too so the zone, you have ten years of, no, was it ten fights? Ten fights, like three hundred sixty million or something crazy. Okay, so you no, know it's crazy, man. He's a uh, highest paid athlete in America, but he doesn't speak English. <laughs> I mean, he probably does behind the scenes, but how much did he get? Five, four, like three sixty or something. For I thought Bryce fights. Harper was the richest one. Yeah, but no, take that back. Trout, four fifty. Trout. 450? Oh, no, it's in Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. I mean, yeah, Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout from the Angels. Yeah, yeah. 450 or 430? Yeah, but I think per, like, average-wise, like, five fights for 36 million, 360 million, what is that, like, 90 million or something? Something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't suck at math. Yeah. But you're right. I think Mike Trout. But Canelo's only, he's going to get all that money, but he's only fighting once a year where Trout from the Angels... He's playing 182 games a year. Right. And he's killing he's killing himself. Yep. I get it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. He has he has easy money right there. And as yeah. long as he wins all those fights. Yeah, as long as he wins. I like to see what's gonna be going on, you know, with uh Canelo. It's just the zone and we're gonna see what's 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 the near future for the zone. I hope, sure. I hope they can uh you know you know Mat, you know, match up with uh, you know with uh, ESPN and UFC, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see. But I think the zone what they're doing is they're 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 making their libraries. I agree. They're they're, they're boxing their Bellators and have a lot with the ESPN Plus where they're doing. We have all so they're building their library already. And I got an email saying that next year is, it's gonna be eighteen ninety nine a month. It's going up in price. Yeah, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean eight ninety nine, but maybe because what you know more stuff coming up or probably. Or maybe because they have to pay the pay the, the the fighters. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's always something. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it then, huh? I think it's it, my man. I, we had to. We 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 had to talk about that because I didn't want to end the the episode. But I think I think we're all done with all the stuff that we needed to talk about. For sure. All right. So this time we're out. Raise out. We're out. Late.